Welcome to season three of The Plants We Eat. It is so good to be back. It's great to have you listeners back. And those of you who don't remember me or haven't listened to us before, I'm Jeff Gilman. And I'm Cindy Proctor. And we are thrilled to be back and talking about all kinds of new plants we eat. I'm really excited because we have a long list of things that we have gathered over the summer to talk about and to try. And to try, yes. We're going to be trying foods this season, as many as we possibly can. Absolutely. And uh, we talk about a few new shows we've come across or other tidbits of information all related to foods and that can be grown here or all over the world. You know, we can adapt to, to growing things here in the United States and Hopefully that translates to to wherever you live. So welcome. I'm excited. It's going to be a great season. Hey, you know, if you have some kind of a food that you'd like us to take a look at or investigate more deeply, we would really love to hear from you. Or if you have some comments about some food that we've discussed before or may discuss sometime in the future, drop us a line. We want to hear from you. You can reach us at jgilman at uncc.edu. Again, that's j-g-i-l-l-m-a-n at uncc.edu. We would absolutely love to hear from you and read your comments. If you're interested in botanical gardens, hey, feel free to take a look at our botanical gardens website at gardens.uncc.edu. Now, uh, you ready to talk a little bit about our food of the week? Yes. Lychee. It's called the either lychee or lychee. And uh, Elizabeth Herrero from the UK actually okay. uh, told us about this. And it's a food that I've been familiar with. I call them lychees. I've been familiar with this since I was a little kid. My grandparents had a fruit shop right next to, in Brooklyn, right next to uh, a Chinese restaurant. And we used to go to the Chinese restaurant and for dessert, we would eat uh, the uh, lychee. And so, I see you brought a can. I brought a can. Okay. So let's, let's give this a shot. And um, we're going to talk what. about why we probably would want to eat them from a can, <laughs> unless <laughs> no. you're uh, experienced on, on how to eat them ripe versus that's, unripe. That's right. So I'm going to take one and I've got Alex, who's our sound technician. He's going to give one a shot too. And let's, uh, let's see. Mmm. It's like I'm six years old again. <laughs> that is so good. Mm. It's different, slightly musky, a tangerine that would be sweeter than usual. Mm-hmm. With Syrupy. You don't syrupy, usually, yeah. You usually don't have syrup with your tangerine, but this one does. With a, with a slight muskiness to go along with it. It's not heavy. No. And it's not too sweet. The syrup part's sweet, but it's gone as soon as I swallow with a, with a tangerine or citrus fruit in general kind of lingers. I really like it. It's definitely unique. It's not something that um, it, it's not something that you're going to get in another fruit. Now, you have lychee jellies, I, I noticed. Absolutely. And here you have brought us some lychee hard candy. So, that's right. Boy, these candies are really taste like the fruit. Don't they? I mean, butterscotch is... Kind of tastes like butterscotch, right? Or yeah. th- but, but these, these really taste like lychee, yeah. which is spelled L Y C H E E for those of you like me who'd never heard of them. Before. Or L I T C H I. You can actually find different spellings um, of it, which hence the different pronunciation. Right. Okay. I had my daughter try these out. She's twelve, and she popped one in her mouth, and she said, "That's just like pink lemonade." And you know, I she's say, right. Yeah, it's. It's not spot on, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's very close, very close to pink lemonade candy. Candies, by the way, come from Japan. The lychee is uh, native to China. You also find it in India. Well, and it's a it's a, a tropical, so it's um it's not going to grow well here in the United States, but other areas that are in zones ten and eleven, it's going to do really well. It grows into a huge tree, about forty feet tall. I was amazed. So typically. This is a fruit that takes a long time to mature, 10 to 25 years from seed to produce fruit. Mm -hmm. Having said that, some trees, there are reports 
of trees that are a thousand years old. And these, these trees that reach a thousand, they're also reports of trees up to a hundred feet. Now, typically they're a medium sized tree, 40 to 50 feet, but I can only imagine seeing a hundred foot, one of these things. This is a monoecious plant, meaning they're separate male and female flowers, and they come down in cascades. So you'll find these cascades of bright red fruits. And the fruit in the can is nothing red about it because that's just a different covering of the fruit. But boy, is it beautiful that the tree itself is Mm -hmm. gorgeous. And I would love to see them in your garden, by the way, or in the greenhouse. In the greenhouse? Yes. Yeah, except that it bust the roof out at uh, 40 to 50 feet. You'll figure that part out. We'll we'll do some heavy pruning. So for houseplant folks, it kind of has a ficus tree, you know, look to it. One of the, but it's, uh, the leaves are very linear and and narrow and they are just full of leaves and fruit. Gosh, it's beautiful. It's an amazing tree. When people reproduce, because it takes so long to produce fruit, it's almost always reproduced vegetatively. And they've used some really creative methods to reproduce this fruit. The one that I find most interesting is a type of air layering called the Guti method. Mm-hmm. Now, the Guti method is an ancient method. And uh, I was reading this uh, manual from 1914 because, you know, that's what I do. And it was, it was insane, the work that they did to propagate the plant. Let me tell you a little bit about it. Take a bucket of water and suspend this bucket of water from an upper limb. Now, at the base of the bucket of water, there is a hole that a rope comes out of, okay? So hopefully you're thinking, okay, so the bucket of water's up high, the rope comes out, so the rope is wicking water down. That's exactly right. The rope is wicking water down. You have a very moist rope. Now, a limb below that bucket of water is where you are going to get your new plant. How do you do this? You take a knife and you do a ring around the bark of the limb below. After you make this ring around the bark of the limb below, you put clay around that, and you pack this clay around that scarred up now limb. Actually, I shouldn't say scarred up. I should say just cut. It's not scarred yet. Around this cut limb. Then you take that rope, and you wind it around the clay. So what happens is that the clay stays moist for a long period of time, and where you've made the cut, because the clay is there, the plant will actually adapt to that cut by growing roots into the clay that you've placed around the cut. Isn't that amazing? It is awesome. That's, a, that's an ancient type of air layering. Today we have different methods that are similar but not nearly as cool. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you have to refill that bucket of water, you know, daily. But eventually you're going to get new plants that way, and you don't have to wait that 10 to 25 years to produce fruit. There are a lot of different cultivars of lychee. Um, the ones that are most important have smaller seeds so that each lychee that you get has more meat. These are actually called, and I just thought this was so amusing, chicken tongue Mm -hmm. because they're because the seed is so reduced now one thing that you uh they need to understand about lychees is that um they are toxic i just fed you all poison (laughs) um actually i think that it's important (laughs) i mean we're laughing about it this is this is a very serious uh, situation actually when you showed this to me i was like the, the science behind it is so interesting it has been known for a long time that lychees are toxic There have been all kinds of mysterious illnesses afflicting people who've eaten this fruit for centuries. And by the way, this plant has been cultivated for its fruits from at least the 11th century, Mm -hmm. so a long, long time. With all these reports of toxicity in the plants, it was just something that people didn't really think seriously about. And then in the 1990s, they started seeing a trend. And they started noticing that especially children who were brought up 
around lychee uh, plantations, they'd actually have swelling of the brain and they would die. And uh, this was especially true if the children were malnourished. It wasn't until recently that they found out exactly why. There were a lot of conflicting theories. Uh, most of the theories had to do with potentially having a virus on the plant. But then in the early 2010s, they started to really move toward the idea that no, no, it wasn't a virus. Rather, it was some kind of chemical within the fruit itself. And then in 2017, uh, a few papers came out which really showed that it almost certainly was the fruit itself. So in the unripe lychee, or I should say especially in the unripe lychee, there's a toxin called methylene cyclopropylglycine. This is also present in the mature plant, but just much more present in the unripe fruit. What happens is that when a child, or really anybody, eats it, it will cause hypoglycemia, okay? Literally, basically taking glucose out of the bloodstream. Especially from a malnourished child. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's the issue. A malnourished child would get into a lychee field, eat a bunch of unripe lychees because that's what was available. And they're beautiful looking. And yeah. they are. <laughs> and all, and that's, that child would then get hypoglycemia, which would then lead to a swelling of the brain and frequently death. At this point, I've read a lot on this. And, and one of the most interesting things that I, that I read was a quote from an Indian doctor. And I'll, I'll summarize the quote here, which basically said, you can call it a problem with the lychee, but it's not really the lychee. It's a problem with malnourishment. These children, if they weren't malnourished, they wouldn't eat this many lychees. And even if they did eat this many lychees, they wouldn't have the same type of effect. So it really is a combination of malnourishment and then feeding on these... The quantity that they're eating. The quantity that they're eating. The reason that they think that there was such a jump in poisonings in the 1990s, early 2000s, and certainly today is just the fact that lychee has become such a popular food. And because it's become so popular, more people are growing it, more children have access to it, and with more children having access to it, it's more likely to, to create a problem. In terms of numbers, in 2019, there's already more than 150 children uh, killed by lychee. In 2014, that was a big year, it was over 300. Over the last decade, deaths are probably over 1,200. This is a big deal. It's, it's an alarming number, isn't it? It is, and yeah. it's almost entirely kids under 10. One thing that is also important to point out with lychee is that reducing this glucose in the bloodstream, it actually is perceived as a possible treatment potentially for pre-diabetic. Uh, it has not been studied extensively for that. Certainly, if you're diabetic, we don't encourage you to go out and try to use lychees to, <laughs> to somehow cure yourself. Not a good idea. You know, that, but, that's a fascinating take on this unripe fruit. You know, mm -hmm. it, it, of course, it has served its role in tragic situations, but this is this is an interesting use for it other than eating it from syrup. Ab <laughs> you know, and, absolutely. And sucking on its candy, you know. You know, one, one thing that I want to mention, we did eat this out of a can. Um, from what I've read, lychee has a fresh flavor, which is different and significantly better than from the can, which I'm it's true of almost every fruit that I know of, <laughs> um, but it's supposed to be distinctly so, but it's supposed to lose this flavor after uh, about a day off mm -hmm, the tree. Right. I wish that I, someday, I'll get to try one fresh. Well, and that's why it's not popular here in the United States. It can't be transported well, you know, and, and you've tried them, you know, from a can. Right. I've only ever had them from a can. Yeah, I mean, since I was young, but still, mm -hmm. it's always been from a can. How do we tell they're ripe? 
That's an excellent question. <laughs> I just have to assume that the people who put it in the can knew that they were ripe, but I don't know these are ripe. Well, but I mean, if you had a tree, you were growing a tree, mm -hmm. and you need to tell that they were ripe. I don't know. I'm assuming that they're going to turn red when they're ripe, but I don't actually know this. Okay. <laughs> I'm, you know, <laughs> anyway. So the lychee certainly is a food for us, but you know, it's actually also a very common food for uh, bees. Bees like to get the nectar and are used for pollination of the plant. And there's actually a very interesting study showing the honey made out of lychee nectar crystallizes much, much more slowly than honey made from almost any tr other tree. So this is, you know, if, you're, if you hate honey that crystallizes, you might want to go for lychee honey. Having said that, there's another study out there which did a preference test among all the different honeys. And you know the one that was most disliked? Lychee. Really? <laughs> so it won't crystallize, but apparently it makes, a, uh, it makes a honey which just isn't particularly tasty. Apparently it has a chemical taste. So people just don't like honey made from lychees. Now that was a Thai study and certainly taste buds differ you know, from one country, shoot, even one region to the next. Still, the way that it was described in the study I actually didn't want to try lychee honey at all, regardless of whether it crystallized or not. <laughs> well, it's concerning. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely concerning. Um, just so you know, the honey is a light amber color with a rich, delicious flavor. Finally, there is one product that comes from lychee, which uh, you know comes from almost all the fruits that we deal with on this show, and that is alcohol. Lychee wine, of course, and there's a 2014 patent for lychee wine for promoting sleep, and it comes from lychee along with special type of cocoa and hostwood and a few other plants. And, you know, you read all these plants and you say one of those has got to uh, knock somebody out. There are just enough things. Honey fried licorice root is actually part of the wine. Now you know. Can you believe they patented this stuff for promoting sleep anyway? It's alcohol. It's right, exactly. Well, alcohol, again, along with so many different other things, you can't, I'm sure it promotes sleep, if not something worse than sleep. Anyway. No, you can, we can grow this um, tree as long as, but it is tropical zone 10 or 11. It's tropical. But you can grow it inside and out. You may never get the fruit of it, but it is beautiful enough foliage to enjoy as a tropical plant. If you're tired of palms or, you know, other types like that. That's a great point. Um, you, you mentioned it's tropical, but it does require chilling to set fruit. Mm -hmm. And just so that everybody knows, it doesn't like freezing. So you don't want it where you can get frost. But at the same time, it's going to like temperatures between about 34 degrees and about 44 degrees. Mm -hmm. It's going to need about 100 hours of those temperatures over the course of a year before it will actually fruit. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of neat. And I know that you find that in Florida and certainly in place in California. And the ripe fruit, and I was teasing you earlier, the ripe fruit is where the outer covering that protects the white fleshy part that we enjoy is really red, but I still don't feel comfortable eating fresh, you know, fresh lychee. Lychee, lychee. I, I absolutely would. But I'm certainly not malnourished. <laughs> no, well, you're not malnourished. And, and the other thing is it's the, the quantities of this fruit that they find in the children's stomachs um, is, tends to be very very high. I mean, these kids are starving. They go into the lychee fields sure. and they eat. They don't just eat one. They're eating probably dozens. And um, it's within, oh, what did I read? About 20 hours that they that they start to suffer. No, oh, 
yeah. in 20 hours? It, it's, yeah. Now, when you see these in a can, mm-hmm. they have a sea urchin look about them. They do have a sea urchin that, look. Uh, if I saw them at a Chinese restaurant and I was a child, I would be leery. I wasn't leery of, of, uh, of anything at that age. Hey, I was eating Scrapple, so it was all good. You know Scrapple? Mm-mm. Oh, Scrapple is Southeast Pennsylvania food. It's actually the first food that supposedly was first meat food that was actually created in the United States. And it's basically all the things that they won't put into sausage, all ground up with cornmeal and fried. When I found out what it actually was, at first I was disgusted, and then I was thinking, wait a minute, I've been eating this for the last 10 years, I don't care. You can actually see that the hairs of the pig on it, and in the ingredients they talk about, you know, the ears and the um, genitalia of the animal, all goes into this, all ground up. And Alex, you're going to remove that from the show. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. Alex, you can include it. People need to know what Scrapple is. It's delicious. I don't want to. <laughs> we will never do Rocky Mountain Spotted Oysters on no, this show, just so you know. When you said pig genitalia, I was, uh, I was good. <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. We've got all these amazing foods. There's a show that you told me about recently that I just thought was so cool. Mm-hmm. It was Gordon Ramsay. Mm-hmm. What's the name of that show? Unchartered. Ah. And part of it is uh, we like to watch that kind of thing at home mm-hmm. as a family. And it is fascinating to expose yourself to different, not just countries, mm-hmm. I mean, or, or places, I should say, but their foods, mm-hmm. which is a rarity, mm-hmm. I, I think. Uh, we are trying our best on this show to get a little bit more diverse, but that is a great way to visualize and the challenges from a westernized cooking flair mm-hmm. to adapt to the the local, you know, foods. And I was I was totally impressed. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. I only watched a couple of shows. The one from Cambodia I thought was absolutely amazing. The reason I thought it was amazing is because he's searching around in these, um, I believe it was a rice field. He's looking for this insect. It's like, what is this insect? And they start catching them and I'm like, huh, what is that? And then he mentions toe biter. I didn't know what a toe biter was. Then he pulls this insect out and I'm like, wait a minute. That's a giant water bug. Wait a minute. What's that giant water bug eating in those rice fields? Just so you guys know, a giant water bug looks very much, um, I'm sorry to say this because it's not related to it, looks very much like a cockroach. It is not related to a cockroach, but it looks like one. And the giant water bug is entirely or almost entirely predatory. So I'm wondering how you get that concentration of giant water bugs around in rice, the, field. in rice fields. Right. What is it eating there? And I'm, the only thing I can think is mosquito larvae. Is, no. is it eating that many mosquito larvae? There could be that many mosquitoes out there. But it was so neat. And then they took the water bugs and they were grilling them. And it had an incredible amount of meat. And I, I so wanted to try it. All of you probably don't realize this, but I actually have my master's degree in entomology. And, you know, once you get a degree in entomology, you have eaten bugs. So I've actually eaten a wide diversity of bugs. Absolutely love them. And I saw this. I have not eaten cockroach and I will not. But I saw this giant water bug and the way that it was being roasted up just looked... Delicious. I would have loved to have tried it. Well, like I said, it's called Uncharted. (laughs) (laughs) Moving forward, we're going to try a lot of the foods on the show that we talk about. And I love that addition to our show. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm I'm looking forward to next time when we try papaya. Papaya is going to be fun. Yes, it will. Looking forward to a great season. It'll be a lot of fun. Thanks so much for listening to The Plants We Eat. This has been a production of the University of North Carolina at Charlotte's Botanical Gardens, the uh, College of Liberal Arts and Sciences, also at UNC Charlotte, and the Isle Group. Thanks, and we look forward to talking with you soon.